And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. stoked for this. I have seen your work. I've creeped on your work for quite some time. Ugh. Yeah, I know it feels Don't even weird. Get me started. <laughs> but people have talked about your work, and so um, I finally have gotten you on the podcast. So I'm glad it's a finally. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finally on a podcast. There you go. Well, I, you have been on another podcast, and we have talked about it. And I did listen yeah. to it two or three times because I was like. How am I going to make this happen and make this work so that it doesn't feel like it's the same? Yeah, I don't know how you felt about that, but um, I don't know. I'm feeling very comfortable right now. There you go. Uh, yeah, I sound a little like the um, kid from Polar Express right now that says, do you know what kind of train this is? Because I'm sick. <laughs> but um, so, the you know, I was planning on this podcast being like my redemption podcast because I feel like... Um, my other ones, I'm a little awkward in, and I was like, oh, this is going to be the one where I'm like, I'm going to show everyone how, like, super charismatic I am and stuff, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that night didn't sleep for two days, so I think that <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, <laughs> I'll have my redemption one next time. Yeah, there we go. We'll, that's, we'll that's, get That's back what on. we'll say. So It's a long road to redemption. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to start from the top. Nekusatsu, okay. am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Great. Where okay. does that name come from? Break it down for me. Because full disclosure, I've searched and I can't find anything for like me. Like you're the only thing that comes up for when I type that in. So Hell yeah. Yeah. What, where does it come from? Yeah, no, that. Okay. So it was, uh, it comes from DeviantArt, okay. um, which is a little, uh, it was my DeviantArt username in middle school. Mm -hmm. Uh so needless to say, I've thought about changing it a few times uh, now that I'm <laughs> in college. But uh, yeah, no, I, I guess it was supposed to be sort of like a combination of words, like of things that I like. Like Neko is cat and I work a lot with cats and stuff mm -hmm. just in my life. Um, and the satsu part was supposed to be like a tokusatsu. Mm -hmm. Which is like, what, do you know what that is? No. <laughs> it's just like It's just like a um like a japanese like it's like a live action superhero show okay so like common rider is a tokusatsu mm -hmm. you could say like technically godzilla is a tokusatsu okay. it's like a very specific like kind of show but i like them but anyway yeah. uh so my idea for that was going to be like you know combine things that don't really have anything to do with each other but as one word they kind of like take on like a new meaning and that's what I felt like I was kind of doing with the figures where like I was combining a lot of odd things that didn't go together, but with the meaning that I, I guess, imbue them with, it um, becomes uh, its own entity, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what I had going for the name. I've thought about so many times changing it because I can just, all I think about it is that it was my DeviantArt username and there's no shame in that. You no, guys can no. look that up if you want. I'm sure I have some cringy comments from when I was 14 on DeviantArt. You guys can dig up. But um, no, they're just just like, I don't know. There's, there's some things about it where I'm like, oh, man, is it, does it sound juvenile? Or like, I, I, I like my name more. Like, I, I've decided sometimes like, okay, today's going to be the day I'm going to change my username to just my name. But I don't know. The Nekosatsu does have that searchability, which I do like too. So yeah, we'll see. And, we'll see. And you're you're so well known 
Uh, there have been like I have gotten messages about your work and people have asked like, oh, when are you going to get them on the podcast? And like and so I think that really. Were, yeah. And if you were to change oh, your man. name right now, it would be it would be so tough because we would all still search Nekusatsu. Yeah, that's that's what I thought, too. Like, I just. If it was two years ago, maybe, but it's not, you know, mm. I, it's, I'm too far gone. I'm in too deep. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Deviant art or no, like you're in right. too deep. So exactly. you chose this name, Nekusatsu, which you created, which I love. Um, and then you are starting, you made a, a quick mention. You're in college right now. So you're a little young, a right? A little young. Are yeah. you 21, 20? 20. 20. Mm-hmm. How long have you been creating toys? That's a young age to start creating toys. And I love that. How long have you oh, been? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, well, I got started in the scene when I was 16. Mm. Um, so I think that would be probably like my start of making toys, like in the most official capacity that I've had. But I mean, there's always been times like before then, because you don't just kind of go from zero to a hundred of making toys like yeah um you know and when you're that young you know there's like a lot of you get a lot of special interest and I am like someone who is just like you know from the time that my head hit fresh air (laughs) I'm like I'm like uh, you know I wanted to make toys and like it's just been like a really hyper focused fixation I've had for a while um so I, I do I did a lot of like paper craft before then, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, you make like, I still do it sometimes. There's some on my website. Um, uh, you know, it's just like you make like a flat template and people can print it and cut it out and fold it and glue it together and all that stuff to make like a three-dimensional thing. I've been doing that for a while, like just personally, like just for my, you know, for my own uses. I never had anywhere to post it when I was like 11 when yeah. I started. But that's how I learned like a lot of computer programs and stuff that I would need to, um, that I still use for the packaging and the paper crafts for this stuff. So that's very nice to, I guess, have started young with that, I think. But yeah, I mean, um, I would say, you know, if you want to go paper craft from since I was 11 or, I mean, you know, is Legos creating toys? Absolutely. It's like it's like a collage, you know? Yeah. So I think that, um, well, if, in that case, it's, it's been a little longer. So probably since I was like four. <laughs> so what was that first toy when you, uh, well, it's kind of like a two part question. What okay. made you want to step into the like bootleg toy creation rather than the commercial toy creation area? And then why or what was that first toy so why and what all right um i'll go with the with the why first um uh i i when i was younger like this is middle school i um i definitely was interested in like i wanted to learn how to sculpt and stuff and so for a while that was like the goal the goal was to to sculpt everything um I wanted to sculpt and make my own toys and I found, or artwork, you know, whichever, but I found um, like videos online about resin casting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just on YouTube and stuff. And I was really into those kinds of like production tutorial kind of things because, you know, I felt like everything, everything that I found like that was like, oh my God, this is my new thing, my new opportunity, you know, to do this. Because that's kind of how like, you know, it's been a pretty like um, constant through line in my life of like, I've had one very simple goal (laughs) (laughs) forever. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, so I wanted to sculpt for a little while, but I I just, you know, my brother was really interested in custom transformers because he collects transformers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you search like custom toys and transformers and stuff enough times, you know, like some bootleg stuff came up and I had always liked, like, I guess, like quote unquote real bootleg toys too. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the classic, like, and movies like, you know, there's, there's just, I don't know, there's so much stuff. There's like that classic little, little kid Anakin figure that calls him like 
little girl or something like that. I just love it. So like that kind of stuff I I had always found funny. And the idea that someone is making them somewhere is, was kind of intriguing. There's something like, you know, oh, well, this is, this isn't, I guess I've always had it like an interest in things that aren't quite as, oh man, this is going to sound so like, not quite as mainstream. Okay. (laughs) As good. You know, like I, I like the idea that something is a little fringe. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like such a not like other girls thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Sorry well, about that. No, no, but, that's that's okay. Cause in the fringe describes this entire art scene. Yeah, I think you're right. And now. And so to say that you like something that is in the fringe, that you just you're you are describing how much you like bootleg toys then. Yeah, like I think I just liked that aspect that it wasn't quite something you could go into a store and just buy, you know. And the idea too that there was some sort of like a nefarious side to it was sort of fun. Yeah, it's like what's more like I don't know. A toy can be such a like a little not to put them down because I love them, but mm. like you know, there's something sort of like babyish about it or a little like a little <laughs> kid thing. But the fact that someone could maybe go to jail for making one is just so yeah. funny and like interesting. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> not like that was my goal, but you know, yeah. Uh, but but just I don't know. There's there's something. There's like an intriguing little balance there. It's 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 already taken out of its usual context because it's nefarious in some way, trying yeah. to pass off, you know, trying to trick people. But so I've always been interested in that sort of part of it, and I found a lot of resin bootlegs too, like. Falcon Toys and Killer Bootlegs and Suck Lord and, um, you know, just good like toys too. Like just a lot of like different people who just came up in Google image searches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I started realizing like, well, these aren't customs. They're, they're something else. And I sort of put the pieces together like, oh, well, you know, I was so interested in that resin casting thing. Like if yeah. people are just... Cause I guess I wasn't sure like people are really just cutting up action figures and making new stuff out of them. And I just, I guess I didn't, it makes sense cause I liked customs, but it doesn't, I don't know. There's like a middle step in there that you're producing something mm-hmm. that was a little lost on me. I needed someone else to connect the dots <laughs> for yeah. me a little bit, but um, yeah. So, so I really just like looking at customs to really long story short. <laughs> um, yeah. Did someone know. connect those dots for you before we move on to like what that first uh, action figure was? Did someone help you along the way to connect those dots? No, it was, it was just like me seeing the fact that I guess I, what I meant to say was I didn't come to the, on the come to the own, my own conclusion that casting the figures is something people did. I guess mm. that's what I meant. Like I had yeah. to see someone else, having done it before I had thought like, Oh man, like, well, I suck at sculpting. That would be so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. There's just, and I don't do it cause it's easy. I've grown to really love it, but that was my first little, like, um, I don't know, hint twinge of interest. Like for you know, sure. it's a good, a good way to get your foot in the door. Maybe I could learn some skills while, I don't know, while learning, not having to sculpt everything myself. For you know? sure. I think uh, there are times in which I get frustrated with like how difficult some of the things can be. And so mm-hmm. like kit bashing would be absolutely the best thing, just throwing things from different action figures together and producing that. Um, yeah. But there is something about producing something from the ground up that is yours, that's only yours, only you have created. And there's something cool about that. I've, you know, I agree. And I, I found though too, like, I don't, I don't really think now that doing it because it's easy is really for the right reason or that it's true mm-hmm. cause it's really not easy. You know, the, the bootlegs, I mm-hmm. think there's something, I don't know. It's like, I really toil over it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I overthink things in general, but, but I would say that, you know, I think an important mindset is to have is that I am making this thing my own, or at least that's an important mindset that I try to have is that I try to make it my own and, you know, sort of not fall into sort of like easy, like pitfalls of, I guess like over, 
over-referencing things mm-hmm. or like when, you know, you're starting from the base level of adapting something else. Yeah. So if you really want to feel like it's your own, I feel like I have to separate it from that thing, like as much as possible. Yeah. I don't always do that. I'm not saying in every case I'm, I mean, you know, Garth Vader didn't happen because I was particularly creatively inspired from yeah. my own mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there, there's something like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a goal that I more have now. I'm more mm-hmm. interested into the fine art aspect of it right now. Yeah. And so we get from that point, that first toy that is produced, what is that toy? Yeah. It's Darth Vapor. Okay. Um, pretty much the opposite of what I was just saying about making something your own. <laughs> but uh, you have to start somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah, Darth Vapor. I thought it would be really funny. There's a vape shop like maybe 20 minutes from my house mm-hmm. called Darth Vapor. And they've got this huge mural of Darth Vapor like on their the side. It's great. I don't know yeah. if they're in business anymore, but I saw that and I was like, wow. You know, <laughs> some people have all the luck. Yeah. You know, how do I get an idea like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an enterprise, an award-winning yeah. business. But uh, <laughs> so I, I felt like that's so funny. And I was in high school and I mean, you know, there's so much vaping in high school. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a little, a little, there's something ridiculous about it. A little like, you know, trying to show everyone kind of how grown up you are. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something I, it helps people quit smoking and stuff. Yeah. You know, so I respect it there, but, um, we interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE toy planet. Oh my. We're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray. We're saved in DOV2. Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! I think I thought it was a little ridiculous at the time, so I kind of like did that to sort of be like, I don't know, not make fun of it, but sort of just make light of it, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Love it. Love it. That's such a Thanks. funny way to put those two things together. Also, sure. after you made it, did you take it to the shop and say like, oh, here you go? Uh, you mean the web shop? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, kind of funny thing. I, I wasn't sure like how that was going to go. Mm-hmm. So I had decided I would do the made to order. And I, you can still see in that original post from like four years ago, it says that there's 25 of them. Because I had thought like, oh, people are just going to keep buying them like, like over the years and I'm just going to keep making them. But um, I've never been able to sell 25 of anything okay. even right now, which is fine. I'm not complaining, but it, it's sort of like a funny like, oh, man, I was so naive kind of thing. <laughs> uh, you know, how far have I come, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I there's like six of them. <laughs> so okay. don't be misled. <laughs> Hey, but the post says 25. So we're going to go, there's 25 out there somewhere. Some, someday in some coffee table book, someone's going to think I made 25 of those and yep. I'm not going to stop them. You don't, know? don't. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and I looked at the figures and cause I do this with every artist that comes on and I'm interested in some of the figures because from an early on toy making thing, one of the figures that I'm most interested in is you already knew the difficulty of the copyright issue because you made the co- like star Y the copyright strikes back. Yeah. And, and, which is great. Like you, yeah. and you understood the, the reality that like, man, we at any moment can get in so much trouble when you produce that, like what, what was going through your head? What was like, Oh, I'm going to do this just in spite. Well, I wouldn't call it spite. I, I think it's more a little like, I don't know, maybe a little spiteful of other people mm-hmm. who, do, who do the same. Not to take any jabs, because I have no hard feelings towards anyone, but <laughs> I guess I am completely ambivalent yeah. to good and evil. But uh, no, I was just going to say, like, I just thought there's something funny about, like, yeah, like people talk about, I heard Dove talk about, like, on a podcast or something, like, how this really like if any company cared enough, like this whole scene could 
pretty much just be like obliterated mm-hmm. if you're not like you know playing it close to the chest enough or you know i guess maybe not making a tr- whatever transformational enough means yeah. for a company or whatever you never know what they're gonna see i mean but uh yeah I, there's something kind of i thought that was funny and i sort of like wanted to take a look at like well what are we really doing here like you know i can i can make this like so much just like People love like the commentary that it might be nefarious or illegal, yeah. kind of going back to what I said earlier. So I kind of thought like I would play into that a little bit and make something that is sort of making fun of maybe just how lowbrow it is. Yeah. So that's that's sort of what I, I was thinking there. Which I, I love. And it makes me think of um, Magoob Toys and his mm-hmm. uh, black and yellow series. Yeah. And yeah. How he, it wasn't even the company, it wasn't Star Wars or Disney or anyone that reached out, but the cease and desist letter came from a grocery store that had the, that style of yellow and black. I know, that's so funny. I yeah. love that. And but so, you never know. You never know. So it's just one of those things, like, I think there's something, too, I wanted to say about, like, like wow, like, if your whole artistic scene can be wiped out from, for copyright reasons, like... Yeah. Are we not doing enough to, I guess, sort of grow and change over the 10 years that we've existed, you know? Yeah. There's something kind of like people sort of tend, I think, to be on a little bit. I mean, I'm, on, I'm the same way. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to judge anyone. I mean, I made Garth Vader, you know? <laughs> We're not talking from – I'm not getting on a pedestal here. Yeah. But, you know, just like I think some people – the scene sort of has a little bit of this kind of treadmill effect where people are so inspired by each other and it's not a bad thing, but people are so inspired by each other that they're, they're all sort of, they, they want to make like a lot of this, the same kind of things like, you know, Garth Vader, like I'll just, I'll just talk about that. Cause I, I, that was super inspired by Skip Row. Mm-hmm. I love Skip Row and I love his, you know, the Star Wars packaging with like the illustrations on them that don't really like, you know, that are, that are, that are new. And, you know, there's something about that. And I was like, oh man, like I admire those so much. I want to capture that feeling of like, I want to make one of those. Not, that's something I'm really like, I think it's sort of an artistic insecurity that I have, Okay. you know, to, to have that desire to be like, you know, to, to, to see the more value in other people's work than, than my, my own. That's something I'm sort of trying to get out of, but um, I think that a lot of people are just like, they just really like all the bootleg people just really love all the other bootleg people, you know? Yeah. So it's like, they're always like, they always want to like have a little piece of what everyone else is having, which is fun. Um, but I wonder like, I wonder where it's going to go because of that. You know, I wonder, I wonder if we're going to stay insular or if there will be more people to sort of, I don't know, like push the envelope a little bit. I'm excited to see. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, you know, because yeah. it does happen. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think that is true. I was once told that all bootleg artists are just shuffling their money around from every other artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, right. It's like a convention that doesn't do too well. Yep. So everyone buys each other's stuff. You know, yeah. it's the same. It's not to say we're not doing well, but it's, it, there's an analogy there like, you know, it started a little echo chamber. Like everyone is a fan of each other because a lot of the like fans then start making their own. So it's sort of like everyone is as into each other as they are into their own, their own things. Yeah. I think, which I think hopefully it's makes fun. This, yeah, and I hopefully it makes this scene grow, which I love. Me too. And I think so. You said a buzzword that I want to talk about. Ooh, all right. Artistic. Um, oh, I, how insecurity. I there we go. Yeah. So where does that come from? Because your your work is clean. It looks great. Other people want it. It's in shops. You're you've been at decon right decon or SDCC? Yeah, both. So uh and people have bought your work and and people talk about your work even outside of like right now. And so where does that come from? Um, I think just insecurity personally in general. Okay. You know. I feel like I'm, I don't know. I've never had like, 
till recently, I feel like a very strong sense of myself. Mm-hmm. Not to get like too personal, but no, let's do it. I let's feel like there's about it. Well, all right then. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like there's, you know, there's something to be said for like, you see how, I guess there's something like I, you know, was never really that confident with how I could sort of portray myself in real life. So I really liked the idea that the bootlegs kind of give me this sort of, um, sort of front to precede me. Mm-hmm. Where people kind of like it, it, it's they, it spoke for me a little bit, yeah. You know, and that's just that was just like, um, something I've definitely I think grown from. But there's something about like you know you see that, or <laughs> or like coming from, you know, making your artwork that way, you sort of, I don't know, it becomes really easy to see what's working for other people and feel like you want that because your art is such a representation of your worth to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not a very healthy place to be. I'm thankful to say. We interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Earth to Aliens have landed, Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, toys, toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. toys. Hey, look at that over there. It's a spaceship. Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com. That's earth2kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open. That I am in a way better place in my life right now. Yeah. But um, I think that that is probably, is probably why. I'm not <laughs> saying everyone experiences that here i mean there's inspiration from other people is one thing i mean i'm sure you know there are other reasons why people do the same thing but that is definitely i think just retrospectively you know where some of that artistic insecurity came from you know i feel like i would have that same feeling about just other things in my life in general at one point yeah would you say that this scene has given you almost like a liberation through almost like living out through your art more and more? Yeah, I mean, it helped me a lot when I was in high school. Um, You know, like, uh, and I felt like I needed something like that to put forward. Now I I don't feel so much that way anymore because, um, well, transitioning really helped. That is definitely the crux of my insecurity. But mm-hmm. um, because because I, I feel like now my goal is to just, you know, myself should precede me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, you shouldn't want something to come before yourself in that way. You should be comfortable with, you know, embrace and, and you know, embrace yourself and not always what you make. And I feel like that can tie, oh my gosh, such a long story short. I feel like that can tie your self-worth with your artwork a little bit. So then when you're not doing so well, or maybe something's not selling, or you feel like, you know, you're not, I mean, it could be any number of things, you know, that you perceive as not successful. You can take it as sort of a, a, a comment on yourself a little bit, you know? And I was yeah. in a place in high school where I felt like, you know, and, and, and many years of my life before then, where I felt like there was no way that I could express myself, you know, I guess in my real life, like how I would ever want to. It felt so far away and nebulous and, you know, like a solution was was so distant and you know I don't know if I said nebulous but I like that Mm -hmm. one so saying nebulous again (laughs) um but uh you know now that it's not and I'm more comfortable with myself I feel like I don't even care really about like I found also like I don't follow the scene as closely Mm -hmm. you know not saying anything about people that follow the scene closely it's very fun but um I think I've just I really just tried to hone in on just what I want from the very most basic parts of just making these things, you know what I mean? Like, why do I do it? 
what do I want from it? What does it do for me? You know, mm-hmm. um, because if it's for someone else, then it's not for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think you bring up a good point too, that it's so tough to navigate what success looks like. Like it, yeah. it could be one Agreed. bad cast, one bad pour that all of a sudden I now have a shitty day and I'm not a good artist anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it's like, you, you, I'm sorry. It happens. Like, right. We all yeah, have yeah. bad cast or, um, you're right. Or we like, if I go to a show or I send stuff off to a show and only half of them sell that take it, my ego takes a beating almost. And then my identity through which I, I present myself through the toys. It's like, man, damn it. Like that wasn't the identity that sold. So what, where do I need oh, to man. transition? Very well said. Very well yeah. said. I like that. And so I think um, that you, you say it correctly. Like that's a tough, a tough thing. Totally. I mean, you know, I, I, <laughs> I had a similar thing like recently mm-hmm. where I made this, um, this self-portrait figure. I don't know the, if you saw it. Was it for the pride show? Yeah. Yeah. I have it over here. Cause I'm so proud of it. I love but, it. Um, um, thank you. But anyway, I was very proud of it and it's something very like a personal part of my life that I don't really make my artwork based around. Mm-hmm. Anyway, though, it sold so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, I was like, I was like the whole time I was making, it, I was like, Oh man, I'm going to like, I'm going to redefine, you know, what it means to, I don't know, make stuff or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I, that's not really what I was thinking, but, but I was just, I was very into it and excited about it. And I felt like I was pouring a lot of personal stuff in it. But um, I mean, that's what I get, I guess, for kind of like putting all my faith in like, I mean, gallery shows are always kind of, you know, they're hit or miss, no matter who's doing it or, you know, you're at the mercy of who walks in the door, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna, I'm not about to put my self-worth on who happens to walk into the gallery at that pride show at that time, you know? Exactly. But but, uh, it didn't stop me from being a little like, Oh man, like that's what I get for putting myself out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I want to make more though. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna not learn from my mistake and just keep doing it. Good. Good. Yeah. I think so. We're gonna get to that figure, but I do want to take a pit stop oh, nice. over at a different figure real quick. The thing that pointed me to your work that I yeah, I saw it in uh Very it was nice. hanging in bootleg bonanza. Um I oh, don't the CCP one, right? Yes. Yes. So I don't think I was around making toys when it first came out. Mm -hmm. But when I saw it, I immediately was like, fuck, yeah, like that is an amazing like that is a piece that it that symbolizes everything of what the bootleg scene is. So please talk about that. Please bring up because you even had a write up on the back of the figure about this utopian or dystopian society that was happening okay please describe this figure all right you can thank my brother for that brilliant writing by the way he writes all the backs on my i love cards. that he's going to school for journalism mm-hmm. um and he's he sometimes does he writes movie reviews and sometimes he does copywriting but um he's just like he makes like this stuff come to life i think i i i can't take credit for that bio but um i did sort of I guess, you know, pull the strings a little bit with the idea. So uh, I'll I'll, (laughs) I'll explain a little. I just want to do a little shout out because he's some of my favorite part of my artwork. But um, anyway, well, actually, I'll take it back to my brother. He's very uh, passionate about his feelings for the the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. Um, I am really not one to make, to put politics in my artwork. Mm-hmm. I would like it to be more of an escape from things like that. But I felt as if the comparison, you know, between the the CCP and the empire was like, I mean, it's just, it's so too good. perfect. It's yeah. so, it's so, um, there's so many parallels that you can draw. Mm-hmm. And I remember for the writing of that bio, Quinn and I like, that's my brother, Quinn. We thought, you know, oh man, like what, what are we, you know, we just, we made a list of just like stuff to compare mm-hmm. and it was so long. There's so much, you know, I, I think I, we compared, uh, 
oh man, we put a lot of, I guess, party rhetoric language, uh, yeah. Chinese Communist Party rhetoric language in there. When um, it says it begins with Chinese territory or uh, space has been a part of Chinese territory since ancient times, we are kind of trying to comment on the, on the fact that uh, this was around the time when they were, there were a lot of squabbles over the ownership of the South China Sea. Mm-hmm. And they were building military, uh, like, I think it was like artificial islands, like too close to India or something. I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. It was, it was a little while ago, but that kind of like idea that, you know, if you're big enough, you can own kind of whatever you tell your people you own. Yeah. And they sort of embody that for me, you know? Thai, they do it with Taiwan, yeah, you know? Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Chinese Taipei. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think that, uh, so that's what we were trying to say there. A lot of comparisons just like that, though. Um, let's see. Kashyyyk, I think we were trying to say um, associated territories such as Kashyyyk. So that we were trying to say, because in Star Wars, Kashyyyk is like, um, you know, it gets enslaved by the Empire, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, if yeah. the Force Awakens, or no, Force Unleashed video games are anything to say. I don't know if those are still canon. <laughs> but they, they, you know, they, it gets enslaved. But I thought it would be kind of like a cool, or we thought it would be a cool, like, you know, to say, a comparison to say, like, because they sort of take places over and then kind of, you know, their media sort of, I mean, they do it with Taiwan, where they, they, they just, they talk about how happy the people of Taiwan are to be, finally a part of the Chinese government and stuff yeah. like that when it's really not the case. So I thought that would, it's a little bit of an extreme example, but um, yeah, just so various comparisons like that. I thought that there's, there's so many, I'm not going to go through them all, but we, we just, we had a lot of fun coming up with that stuff, but I just had the idea. Like, I just thought like, Oh man, that's going to be the perfect San Diego comic-con idea because mm-hmm. it's, it's star Wars it's relevant. Um, and red and black is a cool color combination that I think yeah. will be eye catching. I don't know. I, I don't usually think about that, but I, I had a, a maniacal plan to sell a bunch of them that year. Um, so <laughs> I decided to, 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 uh, to make that. But right now I feel like it's a little heavy handed. Mm-hmm. I probably would have gone put a few last hammer and sickles in the background. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Kind of like, we get it, like, you know, you're not, but I, I, I just had a feeling like I've got to make it super obvious because I can't run the risk of like people not, not getting it. Um, I don't really think about that stuff now. I like it to sort of be ambiguous, but for this idea, I was, I was concerned with that, but, but yeah, that's, I think that's just where the idea came from. My, our, both of our sort of interest in, you know, I guess how different some places are from where we live, you know, and how different people's lives are. It's interesting, especially yeah. when you feel like, you know, empathy for people who their whole, you know, being can be defined by something like a government that mistreats them and mistreats others, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, and so you took that to um, Comic-Con mm-hmm. and you had this, dark idea like oh i want to sell a bunch of and i saw that that was your biggest run yeah it, it was how many did it you make? still is okay i mean i made 30 okay um yeah which back then was a you know, like i'll admit now retroactively it was a huge pain in the ass to make 30 of them mm-hmm. um it was a struggle some of the casts like thank god i painted over it a lot of it because they were a little they were rough uh-huh. if i didn't paint them you know i had to paint it yeah <laughs> there's no going back they sucked but um so uh it was i'm proud of them now you know like i think that for the time i had and i i was doing it during school during high school or maybe i was in college and what year is this oh no i was in college okay i was doing mm-hmm. it during college um that must have been my first year um, we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. The bootleg button. Okay, dude, why am I at the library? Shh. 
I'm looking for the bootleg Bible. The bootleg Bible? Shh. Yeah, it's a beginner's guide to bootleg toy making. It helps aspiring artists make their own toys. You can order it at bluemondaypress.com. Wait, we can order it? That's right, the bootleg Bible, a guide to bootleg toy makers, published by Blue Monday Press. Includes interviews with bootleg artists like The Circle Order, Rykov, Obvious Plan, Larby World, Marquee Marauders Club, Bengor, Trap Toys, and art from a whole host of other artists all around the world. Also includes a step-by-step -step beginner's guide to bootleg toy making. So order yours today at BlueMondayPress.com. Why are we even at the library? I don't know. Shh. The bootleg Bible. Order now at BlueMondayPress.com. But, um, you know, a lot of micromanaging to make 30 guys while you're in school yeah um for a deadline but now i i like making more of them sometimes i do sometimes i don't the last run of figures i made i did 28 so i'm sort of creeping up there still like it's becoming more manageable but back then yeah i mean i was just like oh man i was dreading it yeah i honestly i was dreading it i love them now but i was just i don't know yeah i don't like doing runs that is I work with Dove just like everyone else does when we work with DKE Con and stuff. And when he says you need a run of like a certain size, I always dread that because I don't like yeah. making runs all the time. No, you're right. You're like, I want to run away. Yeah, I want to run of like four that I'll do for you, but he, he's never into it. So uh, we, you, you've mentioned these uh, conventions um a little bit and you've been at uh decon and sdcc do you actually go and run a booth at these conventions or do you just have... i wish oh man so i wish i did okay so here's how it works um i i have done a booth at five points fest oh and a little shout out i'm doing it this year Rad. so if anyone wants to come down and see me and say hi um that would be so good but um anyway I just do it through Dove, so he'll, you know, I'll contact him and ask him, like, you know, with a little pitch for an idea if I want to okay. do it that year. Um, for a while, it was kind of getting to the point where I did it every year, uh, a few times a year, so I, 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 I didn't really have to ask as much, but um, I'm taking a little break now because the, the schedule got a little overwhelming for me, Yeah. Um, especially with a lot of just personal stuff in my life mm -hmm. to work out, but... Anyway, um, I, uh, you know, and, and Dove will be super great and he'll advertise my little, little guys and he'll set up his booth and put them in there. So that's typically how I've made, like, I guess my work has made like appearances. I mean, it's similar to how like people do gallery group shows, but yeah. it's just at a convention, you know, similar things. Um, I wish I went to some of these places. I mean, I, I did get to show some stuff in China, but like. I didn't get flown out there. <laughs> what gives, dog? Yeah. Um, but uh, they didn't want this one, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't imagine <laughs> they why. Didn't, they didn't want the CCP one. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, it, it's, it just works like that. Is, is that. is that what you meant? Yeah, because I think okay. um, I've seen, you know, that people do fly out and they do all that stuff. and uh, the I would I, love to. I would love yeah. to. I just... California's so far, you know? Yeah. I do five points fast because it's like six hours away. Yeah. And that's, even that's a little far for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, California, I mean, I, that's just, I mean, the plane ticket's going to be as expensive as probably the, you know, a lot of the five points fast trips. So I just feel like, and to, 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 to work so hard to yeah. make stuff and then basically pay like the whole, basically all my earnings would be on the plane. So I feel like, I'm I'm not shedding too many tears over it. I do yeah. want to visit. I would love to visit because I and I, you know, so many people come out there who, you know, are in the bootleg scene that I would love to see or again, or meet for the first time or whatever it is. So there, I I'll go, but I just haven't had, I haven't been in, in a position like to to do that yet. Yeah, and I think it gets. I live in San Diego, so going to these things oh, is, yeah, it's a lot easier, but if I didn't yeah. live here, I wouldn't go. So you get it. Yeah, yeah, because I, yeah. like, 
And I, when I go, so for decon, I'm going to drive up to Anaheim and I'll be there for the weekend, but nice. Oh man. That's but so I won't good. have my own booth. I'll yeah. just be hanging out and like walking around and interacting. like everyone else. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, I think that is a good, a good glimpse into how I would act, even if I didn't live here, like I'm just going to visit, um, and see you're right that, yeah and so my stuff will like dub is selling uh something i'm doing for designer con which oh, is cool. cool what is it what is it I, like well i can't share because it's on the podcast oh crap yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a message with what it is um but I'm trying to end your career <laughs> but i think Sabotage. it's um it'll be cool to see that and him selling it but yeah i i don't ever think part of that artist insecurity stuff like I'm not insecure about my art, but I'm insecure about how big I am and whether or not I could even run my own booth and have a, my own booth. Oh, it's, you're not, you don't have anything to prove, you know? Yeah. You're, you're, you're out here making stuff just like everyone else. I, I used to think about that kind of stuff too. Um, and I'm not trying to say it in some kind of grandstanding way. I mean, there's, there's definitely like, there's value in worrying about that sort of thing. I mean, if you're going to yeah. go through all the trouble, it's like, of course, you'd want to make sure it's it's successful. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe that's okay, you know? You'll get there. Yeah, at one point. Get there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not in a position where I can very lucratively, you know, I, I don't know how I would do it one of those places, you know? Yeah, I've realistically, done conventions where I kind of don't really sell much of anything at all, you know, and, <laughs> and that's okay though. That's okay. Like, yeah, it's, it's just fun to like be with everyone, and you know, if you think of it as like maybe more of a little like, you know, you're setting up like a little like one table gallery to show everybody, you yeah. Know? And if they want something, they want something. Maybe maybe that I think could be a good way to maybe divorce yourself from like the the selling. I guess yeah. I don't know. I think really important though. I mean, I'm not judging you for it. I do it too. Yeah. I think when I look at like how expensive the booths and stuff are, it's like, man, I don't think anyone's making a crazy Agreed. amount to pay for all these things, but Agreed. it's cool. Recognition. You get what you get. And so walking around, maybe I'll have a giant shirt that says like toys on tap or have a shirt that says Yucko toys on it or whatever. Yeah. yeah so you they'll got see it. You it. got it. That'd be so good. You, you, it's such a good, like, I mean, I just from this is just from going to five points fest. It's such a good like, it's such a good group, you know. Yeah. You get there, and it doesn't. It ends up not really mattering like how well the booth does because it's it's like you're just so happy to see everyone, and they're happy to see you. Yeah. And, I mean, you've got this podcast thing going. I mean, that's so great, you know. You, you it's it's something like, you know, you you become like just another little bit of the glue that holds everyone together, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. That's like a really good that's a good thing to be, you know? So yeah. I'm sure, I mean, if you went to any of those places with a Toys on Tap shirt on or a Yucko Toys shirt on, you know, it'd be a big hit, you know? Yeah, that's the hope. So we, you did the show uh, in July. I didn't know about the show until I saw a bunch of, it was in July or June. Which? The Pride show. Um, oh, um, I don't okay. remember. I yeah, think it I can't was, remember. We'll just say one of the one of the J's. Let's see if I can pull. Okay, uh, June nineteenth is when that show okay. was. All right, so definitely um, not July. Yeah, was that localized to a certain spot? Because by the time I saw that it was happening, I only saw. I know that it was a full show, but I only saw a couple of the toy artists doing it. I think. Yeah. Um, what do you mean localized? Like, was it at where, so it's in New York. Was it just a New York gallery-based show and they were not doing, like, or was it mostly painting and mostly that type oh. of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was definitely an art show. Okay. It wasn't strictly a toy show, but I think, you know, it's my plastic heart, so they've got to mm -hmm. have, they've got to have toys in there. Uh I feel very like I'm so thankful to have been in that because I don't think I, I would have otherwise. I'll thank Sucklord for shouting me out to them. <laughs> um, he got me to do it, so nice, which is very nice of him. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I it, it was just sort of like a, an art show. 
Okay. Which and I how- honestly, I honestly prefer. Yeah. I like to sort of get into that, you know, scene of things because people that, you know, maybe aren't into toys will see it and maybe appreciate it for some other reason, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I think that, I'm sorry. Well, no, no, you're good. I think that that's so important because you're taking this art form, not that it's already not a legitimate art form, but you're further legitimizing it by putting it next to a painting or next to those things. It makes Agreed. it more of a, an art that people will look at more seriously. Yeah, right. Like even, and I think that this, this scene, like people tend to, to have this idea, like the, the, you know, like people tend to have this idea that like, you know, their stuff isn't going to be seen like other art is, you mm-hmm. know, but I feel like all it needs to be is in the context of, you know, like a, just put it in a different, uh, just a more general gallery show, you yeah. know, and that is what that it's a kind of absurd, but I think that's what makes it art to people. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's just yeah. the audience and the setting, the context. There you go. So, and you just created another toy that I want to talk about. Okay. You, the backer, it reminds me of a maze, but it's so oh. intriguing that it makes my eyes like go to it immediately. Do you want to describe this toy? Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, I actually brought it up here. I know people can't see, but I just, because I like it a lot. But um, yeah, so this is probably my, aside from the, the self-portrait thing, probably my favorite thing I've ever made. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very proud of it. Um, but so I really wanted to create kind of like something sort of, uh, I don't know, like, because, the, you know, we're making, we're making bootlegs here. Like I wanted to make something that really felt grungy and, yeah. and something nefarious about it. And maybe a little like, you know, there's something morally ambiguous about what it, what is it saying? You know, the force awakened is like such a, such a vague name and you can barely read the logo and like all this stuff. It just feels like. <laughs> feels like something that you might be endorsing something that you, you don't know is bad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, you know, um, uh, so I, I, I kind of like the, 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 that, that feeling a little bit or like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like supposed to look like it's trying to say something when maybe it's also not saying anything. Yeah. Uh, I looked at it for quite a while trying to see if I could find letters and stuff. And oh, so. <laughs> that's so flattering. I really mean, I think that's really flattering, but uh, I made the logo first, the Star Wars logo. Mm-hmm. Um, made it like abstract like that because I was just practicing design. You know, I've been graduated for a little bit and uh, I was worried that I might not be able to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to school for uh, graphic design. I just got my degree actually. Oh, rad. Uh, associate's degree. Thank you. Um, not to brag or anything. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, but I, I felt like I should just keep up with it and, 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 and practice a little bit. Uh, and I came up with, I made that logo and I was just so like, I was like, oh, this, this would be such a waste for this not to be something. Yeah. So I kind of just took that, what feeling does that sort of pose and, and try to just make, take it as far as I could where it, there was a whole figure around it, I guess. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it's silk screened on, is it not? It is. Which is a whole, one of my favorite artists is, uh, well, now you're included in that, but is uh, Dan. Oh, stop. <laughs> Dan Productions, because he silk screens all the back. I didn't know that. He's got yeah. to endorse, he's got to push that more. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's such a cool, like, you know, it's so much more exciting than black and white print. Like, you got to say it's yeah. screen printed. That's so cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I was really impressed. To, hear, to, to find out I found out through your podcast that it was screen printed mm-hmm. um you know that's very cool but thank you yeah I I my um uh my mom used to work at Great Arrow which is a screen printed greeting card place mm-hmm. um she was the designer there or a designer but she was also a printer for a little while I'm pretty sure Unless she worked in shipping. She's going to be mad when she reads this or when she listens to this. And I don't remember what she did, yeah. but I know that she does know how to screen print. So she actually, she helped me along. Mm-hmm. Um, and during this time I was really um, inspired by screen printing because I had an internship at um, Red Disc, which is a, a, like an artisan screen printed wallpaper place. Mm-hmm. 
um, where I got to work in the print shop and I got to design some wallpaper for them, which was pretty nice. But um, there was, uh, you know, I was around screen printing a lot. I made a new friend who was my coworker mm -hmm. named Maddie, who she's a printmaker. And I just felt like it, I was just so into it. It felt so cool, like screen printing. And I felt like, damn, like, why have I never done that? Yeah. You know? And I, there's something sort of like, I felt like at that point, I was sort of like creatively stifled. I was like, I feel like I do the same thing every month, you know, uh, same process to make the cards, same process to make the figures, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, get, it was getting, getting boring. And I felt like I, like, I was ready to just be like, not excited about bootlegs anymore, which has happened a few times, mm -hmm. you know, um, this time, not out of artistic insecurity though, but just fatigue of, uh, you, you know, doing a lot of the same sort of thing. So that's, that's why I wanted to screen print it. And I wanted to just, just make something a little more fine art seeming, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I, I cut all the blisters by hand, um, just with an exacto knife, which was really tedious. I'm not going to do it again, but yeah. <laughs> um, and I hand painted them. There's like spray paint on it. Uh, it's like white, Love red that. and silver. Thank you. Wait, 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 wait. We got to go back. Okay. What do you mean you cut the blisters by hand? Do you, okay. like, I, I got what's a, that process? I got a giant, just two giant pieces of, like, ch gray chipboard. Mm -hmm. um, and I I knew the size I wanted. This is just, like, a slightly bigger than a 6 by 9 um, So I had just uh, printed out, like, made an illustrator, just, like, a rectangle that was mm -hmm. the same size. And printed it out, and I cut it out, and I traced it on you know, about 30 times on this huge piece of chipboard. And I just, with a ruler, just cut them all out. Oh my gosh. It took forever. And my arm was very sore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to, the boards were so huge. I had to do it all on the, on the floor. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. And my back was hurt. Everyone feel bad for me. Okay. This was, yeah. <laughs> this was real painful stuff. Okay. Yeah. Some people have real problems. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was tedious. I actually, I recently, I'm pretty excited out of this frustration. I got a Cricut um, cutter, which is like a machine that, that uh, you can like program it to cut paper and mm -hmm. cardboard and stuff into like different shapes, like almost like a die cut. Yeah. I'm never going back to, I don't know why I thought it was a good idea. I was impatient. I just, I didn't want to wait for that thing. And I was just like, you know, I just wanted to do it all myself. And I thought like, oh, you know, if I have a corner rounder, then that's all I need. But then I kind of didn't really realize like how sore my fingers would be and how I'm not really like extremely that strong enough to cut like super thick piece of chipboard. Like, you know, probably what result like amounted to like, you know, 120 cuts in total <laughs> on yeah. the floor. Oh, you know, it just, it, it was kind of dumb. Wow. Don't give me too much credit. It was sort of dumb. So what makes you use before I have one more question that we'll close out, but I have this question too. Um, okay. What makes you use chipboard because chipboard is so thick and durable uh, versus like I use art backers, whatever you ship prints in just that thinner really? cardboard. Yeah. Oh it's, man. It's thick enough. That's a good idea. Yeah. Thick enough where it's not going to bend like crazy thin enough so that when I do have to cut it, but usually the two sizes that I do, uh, figures in are six by nine and five by seven and you can buy both of those sizes already pre-cut oh, and it's amazing <laughs> awesome Damn. so what makes you use chipboard because that's thick i know it's thick af i wanted <laughs> I, I, I wanted it to be really like substantial feeling because i wanted this to feel a little more like a fine art piece yeah know? um Plus, I felt like all my cards, something I don't like about my own things is like all my cards, they're like so thin. Mm -hmm. They're solid, but they're just so thin. It's like, I felt like I've, that's always been something I haven't liked. I mean, you can name anything I've made and that will be my complaint about it. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like um, if I'm, I'm not, I don't have to send it to a print shop, like screen printing you know, you don't have, it doesn't have to, the paper or whatever you're printing on, it doesn't have to bend. It can be as thick as you want. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to take advantage of the fact that it can be that way and just be like, this is the moment where I make like the thick 
card thing that I of my dreams, you know, absolutely that I've been wanting to do for my whole career. So that, <laughs> that's kind of what I that was my thought process there. Yeah, really, just desperation for thickness. So I have to ask you a question that I love um, asking artists such as yourself. What is it like to be a female creator that creates in the bootleg world that is like overwhelmingly male dominated? What does it feel like to create art in that type of a sector, section, whatever you want to call it? Hmm. Well, I'm only like two years in to my female career. Yeah. So, so it's a little hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes I feel like, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm a female, but I feel like I just a little different from them sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, or from a lot of people, I guess though, like, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I feel like, you know, it's just one of those things where it, it, it doesn't influence my, I mean, apart from that, the, uh, self-portrait thing yeah. that I made. I mean, I've been embraced enough by the scene where I feel like I'm pretty much just treated like everyone else, you know? Absolutely. Whether they're a female resin artist or a male resin artist, you know? I, so I guess I, I guess I don't know. I feel very, um, like, very uh, appreciated by them, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wanted to say this, because, and I, I can't believe I forgot, but Medusa's Wild is such a sweetheart um yeah he said such nice nice things about me on her episode i just Mm -hmm. that was like just so i don't know it made my whole life um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so i don't know i guess i don't feel really much of anything except just appreciated i mean i guess you know um maybe my you know, maybe not feeling quite like I'm one of them is, is just an insecurity that I will get over mm-hmm. eventually. I mean, I hope it is because I, I don't have any or many feelings in myself like that anymore. But when you, you know, when you put it in such a small, almost like a microcosm, it's like you can see, you know, it's like the difference between like the jungle and a, like a little terrarium, like everything yeah. happens so much more noticeably. It's like, I, I feel like, you know, Sure, there's times when, you know, I feel like I don't belong, but that's no different from just life in general. And, you know, I feel like I, I feel like I've just been nothing but, you know, embraced by everyone. And yeah. it's been a really good experience, no matter who, uh, no matter who they are. You know, that's rad. Oh, but yeah, so Medusa's Wild was very sweet. Um, yeah. I did appreciate that. And I it feel good. Highly of you. Oh, well, thank you. I, 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 I think highly of her. And I feel like that made me feel very validated that she sees me that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited. She had talked about having a, a show for um, women of, what was it called? Women of resin, mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm, I'm excited to, at some point when she starts getting that going to be able to promote that and talk about it and possibly be there and interview people on the spot and yeah. all kinds of stuff. I'm excited too. I, I am very, will be very happy to, to be a part of that. I feel like, you know, I'm sort of desperate for opportunities to, uh, to, um, I guess, uh, tell people that I'm female. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so, I so I, I like the idea to, uh, to flaunt it a little bit. Um, now that I can, yeah. but, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah. So I'm very, I, I just feel very, uh, very validating and I guess self, I get a lot of self or I get a lot of like, you know, I feel like I can appreciate myself a lot when, I don't know, this isn't coming out right, but I just feel, I feel very good about myself to be included in that group. Yeah. I think is what I'm saying. I feel like I sort of made a personal goal to be seen a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's some importance to be said about being seen for who you see that you are. Yes. And I'll bring it back to the beginning, a little, a little callback to earlier when I was saying how, you know, I, my artwork used to, I used to want that to be, to to perceive me, 
you know, but now that I can perceive me, it's like, I can actually enjoy the, the, uh, fruits of my labor a little bit. And like, you know, of all the, the work I've done on myself and feel like I could be at a place where I feel like I belong in a show like that. Absolutely. You know? Um, and I think it just shows that, I guess maybe how much I've, I've changed for the better. Love it. Past year. Thanks. <laughs> so for the whole last part of the podcast, however you want to, however long you want to take, uh, it's all about plugging who you are, your work, where we can find you, everything. Um, okay. I, I do this because I, I love the toy scene so much that if I can give one more platform for you to plug everything, more than happy to do that. So where can Thanks. we find you? Um, plug any other stuff that you're doing, even okay. if it's outside the outside the art world. Everything, go for it. Oh, all right, nice. Um, let's see. Well, all right. So definitely, my Instagram is at nekasatsu underscore toys. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if I still make toys in ten years and regret that, <laughs> but I'm not changing it because it's on the back of five years worth of artwork. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna embrace it. Uh, you can find me at hennyzack.com. Um, I was lucky enough to get the domain for hennyzack.com. I'm pretty mm-hmm. proud of that. Um, but I, I, you know, that is my toy stuff. And if anyone is interested in my personal graphic design work, there's some paper craft stuff in there, uh, all that. Plus I just worked really hard on designing the website. So if you guys could just look at that and, you know, think like, wow, Henny's so cool. She knows everything. That would be great. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> and, um, I guess that's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm working on some new projects. I'll say that I'm working on some new projects that I'm really interested in. Uh, I'm lucky enough. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I'll just hope Dove doesn't watch this. I'm lucky enough to do another show in China soon. Love um, that. so this for October. Oh, big one. I'm going to five points fest this year. That's yep. this, uh, Halloween weekend. So come and see me or anyone and everyone. Do you have um, a booth number already? No, I don't. Um, but we'll get there. Um, yeah. It'll be all over my Instagram. Great. Uh, and I'll probably wear a shirt with it on it for a few weeks beforehand. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I, where I work um, is Daisy's Doghouse. There is our always cats up for adoption there. So if anyone wants a cat um, who's in the uh, New York area, call in. There we go. Yeah. I, I love don't that. remember their phone number offhand, but <laughs> so you're going to have to do some research on yeah. your own, but I'm very passionate about cats and getting them adopted and stuff. So we'll have a new one in like two weeks. Thank you so much for being on here, taking the time. And Oh my gosh. Thank you. I was so, so much looking forward to this. on tap tap. next episode episode. it's great it's amazing you're gonna want to listen to it it's not right now though you're gonna have to wait till the next episode to listen to it oh when's that the next one cool toys on tap the next one's gonna be good too so stay tuned and and, and listen to that awesome